But good morning. It's good to see you again and uh, to be back in this capacity once again, being able to speak to you. And um, thank you again, Brother Darrell, for giving me this opportunity. I look forward to these. And uh, this morning we're going to be in, uh, we're just going to begin an, another short series uh, as we did before. We did one on prayer. It took us three Sundays, which equated to like three months to get through it because of my schedule here with uh, preaching once a month. So we're probably going to be on about that same uh, time frame this time, unless God uh, makes some changes to that. But, uh, but this sermon series, you can see on the screen, it's called Journey Through Faith, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So we're going to discover a few things about faith that we may or may not already know. And again, you know, I think when we take God's Word, we take the Bible, um, we can't say, I've heard this before, I already know what this says, I got it down pat. Because I think if we're in tune with the Holy Spirit and in tune with what God wants to say, He's going to breathe new life into that passage of Scripture and show us something that maybe we haven't seen or heard before or a place that we can apply it to our lives in a way that we have not done before. So faith is a, a very broad word, so don't get hung up on that. We're going to talk about a few things about it over the next few messages. We're going to discover what the reality of faith actually is when to use it, how to apply it. We're going to take some time with this and decide, is this a word that we just tend to throw around, or do we actually believe where the true power of faith lies? Now, there's numerous scripture passages in God's word that deal with faith, and we're going to look at some of them, but we're going to settle in, however, here at Hebrews chapter 11. This particular chapter, and I like this because it's, it's funny how sometimes scripture passages and passages of scripture uh, can come up with nicknames. You ever heard of that nickname of, of this? Um, this particular passage, this whole chapter has been named a couple of things. It's been called Heroes of the Faith. It's been called the Faith Chapter, just to name a couple. There are many, but we're going to call this series again, Journey Through Faith, and we're going to discover, I think that it's not just an event in our lives. Now, now listen, faith is not an event in our lives. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is what we live by. That's what we base our Christianity and our salvation on, is on faith. We're also going to discover that faith is, is not a concept that we visit. And this is important to know. It's not a concept we visit but a lifestyle we possess. So this morning, let's look together at, at Hebrews chapter 11, and let's just, we're just going to read one verse this morning out of here, and it's verse 1. And if you've got it, go ahead and say, I've got it. If not, uh, thank you. Go ahead and turn over there if you don't. And it will also be on the screen for you. And it says this. I'm reading from New King James here. It says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Father, we come to you this morning, and we're just grateful once again for this opportunity to be in your house, to, to come and just um, learn a little bit more, Father, about what you have to say on the subject of faith today. So, Father, we just uh, pray that your Holy Spirit will speak. Father, I just want to be a vessel. Uh, Father, as I pray, I pray this in our choir time, I want you to make less of me, but much of you. 
So today, Father, let this be all about you. Let everything that's said, let every word that is uttered be anointed by your Holy Spirit. So I thank you for that, and I love you, and it's in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. And preparing for this message this morning, and this is a little comical, but I was reminded of a story that I heard some time ago, and, and this is going to describe what I call steadfast faith. You ever heard of steadfast faith? This is steadfast faith. Heard some time ago, this young woman brought her fiancé home to meet her parents for the very first time. After dinner, her mother told her father, said, go find out about this young man. Go find out everything you can find out about him. So the father invited the fiancé into his study for a little talk. So the father asked him a series of questions, beginning with this one. He said, so son, what are, what are your plans? The young man replied, I'm a biblical scholar. The father replied, hmm, a biblical scholar. That's admirable. But what will you do to provide a nice house for my daughter to live in? The young man replied with this. He said, I will study and God will provide for us. The father then asked, well, how will you then buy her the beautiful engagement ring that she deserves? The young man replied once again, I will concentrate on my studies and God will provide for us. The father then asked about the children. He said, how are you going to provide for your future children? The young man replied, don't worry, sir. God will provide. Well, the conversation proceeded like this. And each time the father questioned, the young man answered, God will provide. Well, later, the mother asked the father, how did it go, honey? The father answered and he said this. He said, he's got no job. He's got no plans. And he thinks I'm God. So I guess we can say that this young man is a bit naive, but doesn't it go to show where we should have faith in our God, and he will provide for us, and he will. So when I think about faith, I think about my, my daily routine. Now, think about this with me. We, we exercise, think now, we exercise some sort of faith every day, don't we? Some sort of faith is every day for us. Faith is the common denominator in an assortment of daily tasks. And even today, we probably all started our day out somewhat alike. We got out of bed. We did our morning routine of showering or bathing. We got dressed for church. Might have made maybe a couple of eggs with some bacon. Maybe a piece of toast and some coffee. Maybe a little orange juice. We gathered our things. We got in a vehicle. We made our journey to the church. All of these things took what? little faith, didn't it? We put our faith in the contractor that built our homes, not giving a second thought to the fact that, hey, you know, somebody else built this. I'm relying on the person that, that built even this building that we're in. We didn't give a second thought to the plumber who put the water pipes in the walls, making it possible for us to have a way to bathe. We probably didn't give a second thought to, to what we ate for breakfast. With Lisa being sick last week, I was reminded of the fact that I put a lot of faith in the doctor and in the pharmacy. Think about this with me. We feel sick. We go to the doctor who prescribes some medicine. <laughs> now listen. We take a totally illegible piece of paper to the drugstore. We watch the pharmacist put an assortment of pills into a small container. Take these three times a day, he says, and guess what? 
We do. Every time. So we exercise faith in the doctor. We exercise faith in the drugstore. We exercise faith in these mysterious capsules that we really know nothing about. And that is what we are calling faith. Again, it's the common denominator of life. No one can live a single day without some sort of faith. Faith in men, that is. You see, salvation is on the same principle. God has provided a way through Jesus Christ that all may be saved. We can be saved despite our circumstances. It doesn't matter who we are. doesn't matter what our social status is, what our physical abilities are, what our education level is. The ground is completely level at the foot of the cross for us to receive salvation through Jesus Christ and it's through faith that we receive it. The writer in Hebrews here begins in chapter 11 by giving us an explanation or a definition of the word faith. So let's look again at verse 1. Let's pop this back up here. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, in order to have faith, we must have a source or a substance for the faith. We can have all the faith in the world, but if it's in the wrong source, or if it's in the wrong substance, it's never going to amount to anything. Look at it this way. A little faith in a significant source will produce outstanding results. A tremendous amount of faith in the wrong source will produce zero results, very little. You see, what makes faith faith is the source, not the amount of it. You see, we all have faith, bucket loads of faith. But what we must realize is that some things aren't worth putting our faith in. The source or the substance of our faith is what really counts, and that source or the substance that we should put our faith in is Jesus Christ. I tend to hear this sometimes, that an individual's having a hard time with some particular thing, and the standard response that I hear is, oh, just have a little faith, and it'll all just work out. We seem to just throw the word around like a baseball, and it has no true meaning. These folks have got what I call, and I like this, this is mine, fair-weather faith. You're welcome. It's a little bit like what we've been talking about through our previous series on prayer. We put, we put faith on the shelf until we need it. Looks like I'm having a little problem now, so I need a little faith. I'm going to pull it out. Let me pull it out again, see if it works. Again, folks, this is not faith at all. Faith is not a sometime thing. It is a lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. Either you have it or you don't. There's no in-between. For the folks that have what I call fair-weather faith, listen, and this is important to get. Listen, we do this as a church. Everywhere, the church. Listen. 
They're trusting in themselves in their own plans, not in God's plans and what God's will is for their lives or the church. I didn't hear an amen anywhere. They're not righteous at all. The Bible tells us here in at least three places, and we're going to look at these, and I've got them on the screen. You can, you can write them down uh, and, and make sure that you go back to them to look at them. But the Bible tells us here in at least three places that people who live by faith are the only righteous ones. Romans 1.17 says this, For in, in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, Say this with me, the just shall live by faith, or the righteous shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 says it this way, no one that is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for what? The just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Let's look at Hebrews 10.38. It says this, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So what does that tell us? God delights in the faithful. God delights in the righteous, not the ones who don't have the faith. You see, folks, without faith, listen, we can't be saved without faith. Without faith, we cannot please God. Without faith, we cannot rise above average. Faith is not a feeling or an emotion. Faith is the very foundation of our relationship with the Almighty God. The second part of this verse, it tells us that faith is the evidence of things unseen. You ever heard the old expression, well, I'll have to see it to believe it. I have too, over and over and over again. There are just some things that we do need to see to believe. For me, I'd have a hard time believing that my wife telling me that she had just bought me a brand new Mercedes Benz and that she'd gone out and paid cash for it. I'd have to see it to believe it. Then I'd have to try to keep her out of jail knowing that she's stolen the money from somewhere to go pick this car out. But spiritually speaking for the unbeliever, now, now listen, there's a difference here. Spiritually speaking for the unbeliever, the unbeliever, seeing is believing. For the believer, believing is seeing. You see, faith is not putting confidence in our limited ability that we can see, but it's putting confidence in God's unlimited ability that we may or may not even be able to see at the time. J. Oswald Sanders said this, he said, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the indivisible as seen. Now the word evidence here is the inward conviction from God that he will always deliver what it is that he has promised. The presence of God-given faith in our hearts is conviction enough that he's going to do what? He's going to keep his word. As we exercise our faith, we may run into naysayers from time to time that, that just simply don't understand what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. Say that with me. Walk by faith, not by sight. They may tell you, Steve, it's a bad idea, man. They may tell you that the faith you have, Steve, is just not logical. They may tell you 
You're on the wrong path, but listen, when God says come, you step out of your comfort zone and follow Him. We don't need their assurances. We don't need their confidence, and we certainly don't need their permission. All we need is the assurance that is given to us in these verses that tell us that the righteous shall live by faith. Listen, God didn't promise us days without pain. God didn't promise us days even without laughter. God didn't promise us days without sorrow, sun, rain. But He did promise us what? He promised us strength for the day. He promised us comfort for the tears and light for the way. I like the old saying that says this. If God brings you to it, what? He'll bring you through it. Instead of praying maybe that God will take our problems away, let's pray this way. God will give us the strength and the faith to get through the path that He's put in front of us. Folks, as we talked earlier today, we have to be steadfast in our faith. There's going to be distractions. Times are going to come when your faith is going to be tested. We're going to wonder and maybe even question God as to why certain things have happened to us. We're going to have to fight off these distractions that come from Satan and test our faith and trust the one that tells us that our faith is the basis of our relationship with the Lord. Folks, we've got to remember this morning and listen to this. We've got to remember faith, faith isn't faith if it isn't demonstrated by faithfulness. We must be faithful to the God who gives us life and life more abundantly. We must be faithful to what it is that He's called us to do. We must be faithful to the cause. As, as Bill was saying earlier today, we got to be faithful to the cause of reaching a lost and dying world. Folks that are living in so much darkness and don't understand about the life-changing faith in Jesus Christ. We are the generation today, right now, that God wants to use to build His kingdom. We're here. He wants to use us. Now, you might be thinking this morning, Pastor Steve, I have faith, but I don't know that I feel qualified to share all this stuff that you're talking about. Over the next couple of sermons, we're going to talk about that. When we look at the heroes of the Bible, and you'll see this later in the chapter, they, didn't, they just didn't always get it right. We don't always get it right. We're going to see Abraham tried to give his own wife to Pharaoh. Moses struck a rock out of anger. David committed adultery. Peter denied Jesus. All the disciples except for one deserted Jesus at the cross. Paul started out by killing Christians, but none of their mistakes disqualified them for doing great things for God. We're going to make mistakes in life. We don't have to be perfect in order to say yes. We just have to be willing. We have to be available to God. God is looking for more than your ability. He's looking for your availability. The way I see it, if God can use Balaam's donkey, he can use me. He can use us. He can use all of us every day. So maybe this morning you're here and you don't know if you have this faith that we've been talking about. 
I want you to come this morning and let's talk about that. Let us encourage you about your faith. Let us encourage you what it is that God wants to do in your life. We want to talk to you about that. Maybe you're here today and you just don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Acts 4.12 tells us this, and I like this verse. It says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And we're talking about Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. So today you have that opportunity to come and receive him. Listen, folks, we come to this point in time in our service every Sunday to where we offer an invitation to you. This is not just a time to where we get up and sing a closing song. This is not just a time to where we stand and, and be reverent before the Lord. Take advantage of this, and if there's something on your heart, maybe, maybe you know you have this faith that we've been talking about, and you just don't feel like you've been exercising it the way that you should. Maybe there's something that's going on in your life that's distracting you from, from exercising the faith that you know that is within. Make sure this morning that you clear that up with God. Make sure that you take the time to just turn that stuff off, get it right with Him, and start sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that He would want us to do. Let's stand together this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Daryl if he will come forward. And we're going to sing a, a hymn of invitation. And uh, I would ask you to come, but let's pray together. Thank you again, Lord. We just pray that you just use this invitation in a mighty way. And Father, we give it to you. We know that you want to use it. So Father, we want to decide today to exercise the faith and follow you in the way that you would have us to. In Jesus' name, amen.